Uh, all right, let me get to our, an introduction to our guests. Uh, I'm not sure how to introduce them. They're, they're kind of like spiritual family for m my, my whole family, and uh, they've been in our lives since the beginning of my ministry, really. And uh, my whole first experience in ministry was under this man and his wife, and uh, they, let's see, I pastored for about eight years under you, I think, Pastor Don, and um, when they pastored at Evangel Pentecostal Church in downtown Montreal for 13 and a half years, and so learned a great deal from this couple. Uh, our daughter was was dedicated <laughs> by Pastor Mano, you'll meet in just a moment if you don't know him already. I still have those pictures. <laughs> a lot of change since then. And of course, they went on to be global workers with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And we've been supporting them for, well, about five years now and continue to partner together with them. They're doing new things now, as we've been saying, involved in uh, leadership training worldwide. Uh, I think probably the best thing that I can do is to get this video ready. So if you guys on the tech side want to get ready with your cues, we'll see if all of this works, but this will give you a good introduction. As the world encounters an erosion of leadership trust, the church has an incredible opportunity to influence society through transformational leadership that serves. My name is Don Mann, director of the Quest Leadership Program, a ministry of Global Ed and the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada Missions Department. Why Quest? The Quest Leadership Program affirms that trust can be rebuilt as it engages intergenerational leaders in the pursuit of character formation, spiritual development, and leadership excellence. Equips church and marketplace leaders and Bible college students to develop a biblically informed and character-based leadership practice and encourages participants to live what they have learned and pass it on to emerging leaders, leaving a legacy of effective, efficient, and vitalized leadership. Quest is a hybrid model of conferences and courses that offers a non-formal certificate with Global Ed and Summit Pacific College in Canada. Like a compass, Quest has four key directions. Quest for character, Quest for influence, Quest for clarity, and Quest for legacy. It has been said that legacy is a story about you that is yet to be written, but you hold the pen. I would invite you to join the journey toward legacy. You can start the conversation by emailing me at dman at paoc.org. Fantastic. Well, Pastor Don, if you could come, and he's been here before, but would you please give another welcome to Pastor Don Mann. His wife, Marie Jose, is in the front as well. Thank you, Pastor Joe. Good morning, everyone both in person and online. Church has changed for all of us, hasn't it? But wherever God's people meet, I've learned whether it's in person or online, God's presence has an amazing way of going even across the internet. So we just uh, welcome everybody today. I, I want to just say, I'm going to use the word proud. Not everybody likes that word. We're supposed to be very humble, but I'm going to say 
how proud Marie-José and I are of Pastor Joe and Janet and their daughter Sarah, to see how God has blessed them, used them. I so remember when Joe was in business in the city of Montreal and attending Evangel and began to see what God uh, was doing in their lives as a couple and uh, began to sense a call uh, to ministry and began to talk to Joe about joining us on staff. And we had some, you know what? We had some pretty good years. We really did. And, and so thrilled to see how today they are your pastor and just giving such great leadership to City Point Church. Marie-José and I want to say thank you to all of you for your incredible generosity to our ministry, and not just to us, but to those missionaries that you support. I, uh, I say it often, I believe it with all of my heart, that when a church learns to invest globally, God blesses locally. To hear that you are in the position now where you can start to hire some staff says to me that as you are faithful in your giving, God is honoring you, and in the midst of that, you're not forgetting about needs around the world. And so, Marie-José and I want to say thank you for not only supporting us, but the other missionaries that you've seen on the screen, and uh, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Just before we turn to the Word, let me share a prayer request with you for our own ministry, the Quest Leadership Program. Uh, since we were with you the last time, a major change has come for us. We're still global workers with the PAOC, but we have changed our ministry focus and are now with the global ed department of PAOC, which is their equipping discipleship arm, partnering with global partners literally around the world. And we began to have some discussions with the global ed institute and global ed department and they were looking for uh, the development of a very practical, non-formal leadership training process. And we're working in particular with Bible colleges uh, in different parts of the world, uh, over 30 institutions in 50 countries, and uh, just, just amazing to have this opportunity. And it's a brand new ministry program being developed from the grassroots. Now, I know all of us are tired of COVID, but I have to be honest with you, COVID became a blessing to us because it has given us the opportunity to develop the, the program uh, literally from the ground up. Writing of courses, there's three of us who are writing courses. We are preparing the conferences and the courses to, to go online as well as in person. So this last year has been a blessing in disguise for us because it has allowed us to get these programs ready. And once we're able to travel, we will take these programs to the world. But in the meantime, we are putting everything online. My wife is administrating what is called the Teachable Platform, which will be all of our courses online. And so we're well on the way. Uh, two of the four units are basically done. And uh, the thing I'm going to ask you to pray for today, 
I just had my first in-person meeting in two years. All of our meetings have been by Zoom over the last year. But uh, with my health journey and then with COVID, I just had my first face-to-face -face meeting this past week in Toronto uh, with the possibility and a strong possibility of an opportunity of taking the Quest Leadership Program to the Islamic world. You may not know this, but uh, there are more Muslim individuals who have come to know our Lord and Savior in the last 20 years than in the last 14 centuries. And uh, we, it, it's amazing what God is, is doing. And we had a meeting this week with an individual who, um, I, I'm just going to be a little sensitive because we're online, who actually uh, moved to Canada two years ago, but has a television program that reaches to well over a million Muslims uh, around the world. And we met with him this week, and we are talking about running our very first conference as a soft launch for Quest, and it would be in the month of August, and it will be live-streamed to potentially uh, hundreds uh, of, uh, even to, towards a thousand people that he leads in other parts of the world. Now, I know this may sound very vague, but if I was talking to you one-on-one, -on -one, I'd give you more details. But I just feel I need to be sensitive to protect everyone involved and because of the nature of the people that we'll be working with. This opportunity, uh, as the program will be translated into the appropriate languages, has the possibility of reaching well over one million uh, Islamic people in different parts of the world. So would you pray with us that as this opportunity unfolds, I'll be having another Zoom meeting this week to, to uh, discuss these plans further and taking them another step. So uh, I believe, and you're going to hear it in the message this morning, even when details are vague, God can still do a work. So would you pray for those vague details? But I can assure you that they're not vague. They're very much real. My wife was with me. She can attest to the meeting we were in that uh, I almost get goosebumps. Now, maybe it's because it's a little chilly in here. I don't know. But I, I, I get goosebumps thinking of this, spiritual goosebumps, thinking of this potential that awaits us. So we'll keep you informed as it goes on. Well, let's get into the word this morning. Shameless audacity. And uh, to, to understand this, this title this morning, let me take you to the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. And I read these words from the New International Version. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Doesn't even identify a specific place. Now, as I'm reading here, some who like detail are going to be frustrated. Because you, you don't get a lot of detail here. As a matter of fact, some of it's even abbreviated. That will really frustrate a person who's got to have all of the details. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. We're not sure where. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. And it ends there. Now, if you know your New Testament at all, you know this to be what we call the Lord's Prayer, but it's an abbreviated prayer. So, so not only, we're not sure where Jesus is praying it with his disciples, but it's, it's abbreviated. So, so this could be frustrating for some. How dare even Jesus abbreviate uh, the, the Lord's Prayer that we read, for instance, in Matthew chapter 6? But rather be, than being frustrated, what I love about God's Word is how He uses it to teach us not only how to pray, but teaches us some very unique things through what He was teaching His disciples. I... Uh, as some of you may know, have been on a cancer journey for the last two years. It's really uh, one of the main reasons that we ended up coming back to Canada. Uh, my wife and I had been in South Africa for six years, and we were actually uh, in the process of making a move to Nairobi, Kenya. And uh, one doctor's appointment followed by tests changed all of that. And so my wife and I had to immediately come back to Canada to deal with stage 4 colon cancer, and uh, we have actually now become Canadian-based global workers. We were actually, um, they would say, the first Canadian-based global workers 10 years ago, and now we've reverted back to that, living right here in Montreal, and with Quest, uh, Lord willing, taking it to the world. But as my wife and I were dealing with this whole cancer situation, and knowing that after two major surgeries I would have to have chemo, we went to a class with uh, many other people in the class, discovering that uh, cancer has gripped a lot of people's bodies. And as we were in this chemo class as to the do's and don'ts of chemo, this was before COVID, they said to us, uh, always wash your hands thoroughly because of your immune system. And the teacher said, by the way, one of the easiest ways to know how long to wash your hands, sing to yourself, happy birthday. Well, I'm sitting there and thinking, forget this. I am not going to sing happy birthday. When I wash my hands, I'm going to repeat the Lord's Prayer. And then COVID comes along. And we're all supposed to wash our hands. So, uh, this is not exaggerated. I do it every day, several times a day. And so I wash my hands wherever I am, and I start, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, sometimes I say it a lot faster than that. And sometimes it's abbreviated. So, you know what? Jesus abbreviated the prayer. I think I can too. But it's become not just a shopping list for me. It's become a daily conversation. Sometimes, several times in a day. I did it here at the theater. 
And Jesus not only teaches us to pray, but in this particular text, he, he goes a step further. I love the Life Application Bible. My wife gave it to me a couple of years ago. I love reading and then reading the footnotes. And it, it says of this particular passage that we've used this morning, God's provision is daily, not all at once. We cannot store it up and then cut off communication with God, and we dare not be self-satisfied. If you're running low on strength, ask yourself, how long have I been away from the source? How long have I been away from the source? What I really like about this passage is the next few verses that maybe most of us skip by. But starting in verse 5 of the same chapter of Luke 11, Then Jesus said to his disciples this parable, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food. So instead of saying to the friend who came to him on the journey, Sorry, I have no food. This, this friend says, wait here a minute, I'm going to another friend to ask for some bread and I'll bring it back to you. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you something. I, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, here it is, yet because of your shameless audacity, that's what the NIV version says, your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Now maybe this is my mind racing, but as I've looked at this passage of scripture for, for a long time now, First time I've had the opportunity to preach from this passage of Scripture. But that, that, that phrase, shameless audacity, has stayed with me. And I've looked at this uh, text over and over again. And some things come to my mind that maybe we wouldn't always think of. But stay with me because I hope some of this will be a help. First thing I see in this text is the difference between friends, true friends, and no friends. This is a story of a person who, whose friend came to him looking for food for his journey, and he didn't have any, so he said, like I told you, wait here, I'm going to another friend. I would say the one who said, wait here, I'm going to another friend, was a, a true friend. He didn't turn him away. He said, just wait here, and I'm going to go to someone else, and I'm going to come back with some bread. So this friend goes to another friend, and when he arrives... This so-called friend says, don't bother me. It's midnight. My kids are sleeping. I'm trying to sleep. You woke me up. Don't bother me. You know, a, a true friend will allow you to bother them even if it's midnight. Now, I'm not suggesting you call your friends at midnight just to say I. You can do that during the day or evening. But if there's ever a need, it's good to have a true friend who you can call on even if it's the middle of the night. A true friend will open the door no matter the time, day or night, 
even if he or she does not have what you need, they will work with you to find a way to meet the need. It's called dependability. I, I feel for those who have no friends. There's some who feel they can go through life with no friends. But I, I look at this story, and it's also a reminder of, to me of the difficulty of facing the challenges of life alone. Here's my concern if you have no friends. Loneliness in a time of crisis if you have no friends. Vulnerability in a time of challenge. Lack of reinforcement in a time of need or lack of accountability in a time of weakness. Folk, when you're in a moment of weakness, it's good to have a friend that you can talk to, that you trust and open your heart to. True friends are those you can depend upon because you have built trusting relationships over a long period of time. I don't have a lot of friends. Close friends, my wife and I can probably count on less than one hand. Trusted friends, uh, even fewer. But I know I have a friend who I could call any time of the day or night and share anything, and it would go no further except to pray together, to talk together, to work things out together. True friends are those you can depend upon. Having true friends in your life with whom you can share confidentially ensures that you will have support when you need it the most. True friends allow you to take your emotional mask off and share your inmost thoughts. One of the units of our Quest Leadership Program deals with a very dark part of our world. It's called Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership. And, and it's, it's a, a unit within our teaching that uh, those who attend are, are going to be asked to deal very, very deeply with the, the secrets of their own life. We all have a public life and a private life, but there's also a secret life. And true leaders have to be willing to address even the secret part of life. But you can do that with a true friend that you trust. I've been reading a book called Discover Your True North by Bill George. And he says this, and not only for leaders, I ask you to put it, uh, think of it in your own life. Eventually, leaders facing personal or professional turmoil face two choices. Wear a mask or reveal their inmost thoughts and feelings to those closest to them. Many leaders choose to wear a mask even with their spouses, advisors, leadership teams, and friends. If you do not reveal your vulnerabilities to these trusted people, giving voice to your uncertainties and acknowledging your fears, leadership, or I'll even add life, becomes a very lonely and I'd even say a dangerous place. I don't have to remind you, and my mask is right now in my wife's purse. Pastor Joe said I didn't have to preach wearing a mask, but I'll put it on when I go back to my seat. COVID-19 has all of us living behind masks. The longer this goes on, the more some of us get used to hiding behind the mask. 
we begin to think that masks allow us to hide our emotions from people. But I want to say this morning, be careful because the eyes can tell a lot. So I, I've taken this text and talked about friends, true friends and no friends. Let me take a moment longer to talk about the human eye before we go on to, to the, the finishing of this message. Maybe we can cover our face with a mask, but our eyes tell a lot. So I started looking at some scriptures about the human eye. The human eye, whether you have a mask on or not, can show sorrow. Job 17, 7, my eyes have grown dim with grief. I don't know what it is, folk, but even behind a mask, you can see the sorrow in a person's eye. Jealousy. 1 Samuel 18, 9, and from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Folk, I, I, I don't know if you ever noticed, but you can even see jealousy in a person's eyes. You can't hide that. 2 Peter 2.14 talks about evil desires. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They're experts in greed. Folk, you can watch a person's eyes even in public and see the lust of the flesh. No matter how much we wear a mask, our eyes can tell so much. But I love God's eyes. God's eyes are different. God's eyes are omniscient. Second Chronicles 16, verse 8 to 9, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. God looks at your need. He sees behind the mask. And he has a beautiful way of strengthening you in your time of need. God's eyes mean guidance. Psalm 33, 18, but the eyes of the Lord are on those who hear him, on those who hope in his unfailing love, no matter what you're going through in life. And maybe behind the mask there's a brokenness. Maybe behind the mask you are just, your heart is just, Filled with sorrow. I want you to know that those who hope in God and trust your life to His eyes that are looking upon you, you can experience His unfailing love. The Bible talks about future glory. 1 Corinthians 2.9 No eye has seen, <laughs> no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Folk, we're, we're, in, we're in some tough times in our world right now, but there's coming a day when you keep your eyes focused on Jesus that all of the circumstances of life will be behind you. And you know what? Behind your mask, and maybe when no one is looking, tears flow down your face. But Revelation 7.17 says, For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And there's coming a day when God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Every tear. God himself. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, no matter the circumstances. So I've packed a lot into that first point about friends, true friends, and no friends. 
So you're probably getting nervous. He's got two more points to go. You didn't know that, but I'm telling you, how long is this going to take? Well, let's, uh, let's move quickly to the second point. We talked quickly about the power of boldness in prayer, that shameless audacity. That word audacity means daring or boldness. If a true friend is not available, then you go to a friend because a friend is better than no friend at all. But verse 8, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship. In other words, he's not a true friend. It's not friendship that's going to get him to get up out of bed and give you bread. But because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. God is saying to us, Jesus is saying to us, when you pray, don't give up. When you pray, be bold. When you pray, don't stop asking. When you pray, be daring in your prayer. Because even if friendship doesn't give you the bread, your shameless audacity of prayer and your boldness in prayer, you will get what you need. Practicing boldness in prayer is more about changing our hearts and minds than it is trying to change God's heart and mind. Folks, you don't have to try to change God's heart or His mind. He knows what is best for you. But what, uh, what shameless audacity in prayer, what boldness in prayer does is it actually helps us to express the intensity of our need. I have to tell you, folk, my wife and I have had some pretty intense prayers in the last two years regarding my health. And my wife will not let us get through a meal without, as we pray over the meal, saying, Don, don't forget to pray for your healing. And we have a list of people, many of them minister friends and others who are suffering the same challenges of cancer, and, and our list has grown in the last two years. Some of them God has, has, has helped, and they've been successful in their surgeries and their treatments. Others have passed away, but we do not stop praying with boldness and shameless audacity, believing God, no matter what happens, God is still able to heal, God is still able to deliver, and you say, well, that's great, but what happens to those who die? My wife and I just participated and watched online a memorial service on Friday for our assistant superintendent of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, who discovered that he had cancer about three weeks before I discovered I had cancer. And he just died on May the 27th. But that man's faith never once wavered. He and I would talk on the phone and we'd text one another. We were even texting during the Habs Leafs playoff series. And I knew he was nearing death, but he still managed to keep his faith strong. And he still kept asking God, as we did, for his healing. But you know what? He's received his ultimate healing. You say, that's just an excuse. You, you, what you're doing is you're saying, you know, really, prayer doesn't work. But we just cover that by saying, well, now he's received his ultimate healing. My dear friends, 
All of us are going to have a memorial service in one way or another. It's what happens after life that counts. But we don't give up praying and believing while we live in this earth. I think I've said enough there. Here's point number three and the final point. The power of persistence in prayer. Not only the power of boldness, that shameless audacity, but the power of persistence in prayer. Because in verse 9 and 10 of Luke 11, it says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. And it becomes repetitive, because for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So we persist in prayer. Now, I'm going to develop a part two to this message. As a matter of fact, Pastor Joe has, has asked me to come back sometime in the near future, and I'm, Lord willing, my plan is to develop a message that will be a part two to this because I want to ask this morning, what happens if God doesn't answer prayer in the way we hope? I've been putting a lot of thought into this, folks, especially the last two years. So, yet to be developed, but uh, uh, Lord willing... We'll, we'll try to see what the Scripture says about that question. I don't know that any of us have a full answer, but I believe the Scriptures can help us. But, but there's a parallel to this parable. I want to take you quickly to Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 5. It's another story that Jesus tells. He says to his disciples a, a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, again, no specifics here, frustrating for some. In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. Hmm. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally, <laughs> I love that, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God and care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. And listen to this. So that she won't eventually wear me out. Another version of the New International Version says so that she won't attack me with her coming. Like, I, I'm going to give in to this widow because she's going to bother me until I do. So instead of wearing myself out or letting her wear me out, I'm just going to give her what she has asked for. The widow in Luke 18 teaches us about perseverance and persistence in tough times, that shameless audacity. Jesus told this parable to teach that we should always pray and not give up. Folks, sometimes we just give up too quickly. We should always pray and not give up. There was this judge who neither feared God or cared what people thought, but there was also this widow who kept coming to him over and over and over again. And so he said, you know what? She's just going to keep bothering me. So I'm just going to give her what she's asked for. I see God saying to all of us, keep bothering me. Keep bothering me. Why, why else would this parable be there? 
It's like God is saying to us, come on, keep praying, keep bothering me. And I've also learned, folk, why couldn't God just answer our prayer immediately? Why do we have to keep bothering him? Why do we have to keep praying? Because God's timing is best. And what we think he should do now, God sees down the road that it would be better here or there or in this way. So we keep coming to God. We keep bothering God and we keep trusting God. We don't give up and know that at just the right time, God says, now is the time. Now is the way that I will answer this prayer. Can I come back to the Life Application Bible one more time? To persist in prayer and not give up does not mean endless repetition or painfully long prayer sessions. Always praying means keeping our requests constantly before God as we live for Him day by day, believing He will answer. My wife and I love to bike, and I find myself at times, somebody will come to my mind while we're on a bike ride, and I'll just start praying for them. You don't, you don't have to be on your knees. You don't have to be in a certain location. There's times that you just sense it's time to pray for someone. As we're closing this morning, I, I come to the sixth to eighth verse of Luke 18. And again, it's, it's probably part of this parable we don't concentrate on very much. So the, the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring justice for his children, for his chosen ones? who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice oh, and quickly. Sometimes it's not quick enough for us. But in God's economy, God's timetable, quick doesn't have a time frame to it. It has God's will attached to it. But I want us to concentrate on this further question that Jesus says to his disciples. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Listen closely so that I am not misunderstood this morning. When I look at that question, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? One thing I find we don't preach about or hear very much anymore is about the imminent return of Christ. The fact that Jesus could return for his church at any moment. There was a day that we, maybe, it's all we preached. It's how the Pentecostal fellowship of churches began a hundred years ago because I thought, we've got to get ready. Jesus could return at any moment. We've, we've lost that edge. And in this last year, we've experienced a pandemic that impacted the entire world. Folk, every country and continent of the world has been impacted by this pandemic. And during this, this same year, issues have surfaced that have brought to light multiple injustices around the world. And in the midst of all of this, the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about this man of lawlessness. He identifies this man of lawlessness as the Antichrist who will arise 
before the second coming of Jesus. Now, hear me closely. Paul does not teach on this man of lawlessness so that we should try to identify who that is or predict through it when Jesus will return. Hear that closely. Uh, online, here in person, I am not for a minute suggesting that this pandemic is leading to the return of Christ. We don't know when he'll return and at what time he'll return, but all of this should be a reminder to us that we're living in a very complicated world. And there will come a point when this man of lawlessness will arise. And, and some would feel that this man of lawlessness will have all the answers to all of our problems. But Paul doesn't say this to us so that we can sit and watch our, the news and say, I wonder if that's the Antichrist. Or, or, oh, I guess Jesus, you might be returning soon. We don't know when. But Paul uses this man of lawlessness to remind us that Jesus will return. And he speaks to the church so that the church will be ready for anything that threatens our faith. That's how these questions connect. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And so he, now Paul speaks to the church and says, will you be ready for anything that threatens your faith so that when Jesus does return, will the church be waiting and ready? But I love that third song. I love them all this morning. It is well. My wife turned to me and said, that's been your theme song Two years ago, folk, I, I, I returned from the doctor and I played some music and played it as well with my soul. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. And that third song this morning talked about there comes a point you need to stop singing and go. You need to even stop praying and go. And when Jesus returns for his church, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find a church persistently and boldly crying out for justice and mercy? Will he find a church reaching out to those who have been marginalized and mistreated? Will he find a church who is loving others, just going and loving others, stop singing and go? even stop praying and go? When we find a church who is loving others just as Jesus loved the world, so much so that he was willing to die for it so that no one would perish but have eternal life. As I was refreshing my mind with my notes this morning, sitting out in the beautiful morning air that was, was so crisp today, I wrote down these three words. Faith defeats fear. When Jesus returns, will he find faith on the earth? Faith defeats fear. I'm going to be very transparent with you. I'm dealing with a disease that unless God 
chooses to heal me, that has potential to take my life prematurely, maybe even earlier than I'd want. It's just my reality. I'm in ongoing treatments. I thank God for the doctors. And God has given me incredible strength, and I, I know it's answers to prayer. But I'm not going to hide the fact that I don't have a cancer that could just be resolved by surgery and even chemo. It's, it's an ongoing process in my life. And unless Jesus chooses a different route, someday it will take me if I'm not hit by a bus first. <laughs> but I want you to know something. I don't fear it. Because my faith is stronger than my fear. And however long God gives me, I will do my best to live that life of faith and make a difference. Not only with the world folk, but with my family first. I don't fear it. I don't fear what's going on inside this body. I have faith that defeats fear. So I challenge you no matter what you're going through. May you pray with shameless audacity and not give up and trust God with the process in your life. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be together online and in person. And now, Holy Spirit, all I can ask is that you would take your word, as I sense you are, you're speaking to individuals in this room. And Holy Spirit, would you take your word and make it so real to us. May we choose to live by faith and not by fear. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Don. That's a great, uh, that's a great word, and I'd encourage you to watch it again, listen to it again. Uh, but we're going to pray for you before we finish today, and I'd like the band if they'd come, and uh, they'll close with a song or whatever they want to do. But I want to pray for you and uh, have this congregation pray for you. It's a privilege to partner with you as together we reach the one who's far from God so that together we would become passionate followers of Jesus. I get excited when I hear about what you have before you in terms of the Muslim world and an open door perhaps to take principles out of the scripture and bring them to the Muslim world. They will listen. I mean, when you talk about leadership, a crisis of leadership around the world, that is, that's the pulse of the nations. Uh, looking for leadership with integrity and so that's an open door so we want to to join with you and pray uh, for that to be a reality and um, but we also want to pray for your healing and say amen to that and uh, whatever whatever our lot I was thinking that as well as they did that hymn I thought oh boy this is gonna <laughs> strike a chord for sure a hymn written out of a time of great trial in a man's life as he lost members of his family due to a shipwreck and he penned those words whatever my lot uh so would you would you stand with me please and 
And uh, we're going to pray for Pastor Don and Marie Jose as we close the service. And then we'll end it, but we'll let the band continue to play whatever they want. We'll keep the stream going online. Uh, so, Father, we just, we just reach toward our, toward our, our friends, God, as we, we minister together, uh, local church and around the world. And, Lord, we minister together. So we, we, we stretch our hearts uh, toward this couple, and we pray, God, uh, first and foremost, that the, the, the power of the Spirit would just would flow through Don's body, and you would reach in, and you would heal, and you would touch him, and you'd strengthen him, and you'd enable him, God, to, to do the work of the ministry that you've called him to do. We pray for this door to continue to open as they would uh, take principles that Wow, that they've learned for for decades uh, to to an area of the world and to a people group. That's wow. That would what an opportunity. We pray for that to to come to pass and to come to fruition. Lord, we look forward to hearing the stories of lives that are changed as we are faithful to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you today. We'll let the band uh, play, and uh, Don and Marie will be around, I'm sure. You can please feel free to visit with them. Keep your masks on as usual. And we do have a nice soap dispenser outside, a little hand sanitizer. So if you want to do the Lord's Prayer on your way out with the hand sanitizer, you know, I never heard that one before. <laughs> so so you, you can do that if you want. The giving table will be open. We'll have a couple of people at that table. If you could head there now, Amber and Charity, maybe if you could head to that table if people want to give. God bless you. Have a great Sunday and a great uh, end of weekend.
کہو So oh. 